This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm your sous chef of the Garden Show, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here, and uh, lots of fun and frivolity. Good morning, Charlie. And good morning, Franklin. I can't believe you're still in an upright position, my gosh. You, <laughs> Barely. Yeah. Charlie, for those of you who maybe are tuning in for the very first time, uh, Charlie Dobbin, our master landscape gardeners, uh, master, gardener, <laughs> master gardener. She's everything. She's yeah. everything. But she Goddess has a, of the whole, a whole whack of work uh, being done the last uh, two weeks and, and well, before Plus, that, for yeah. Canada Blooms, which is on a direct uh, energy center in, at Exhibition Grounds. But, and uh, tomorrow's the last day. Yeah. So if you want to get down to Canada Blooms, which I would highly recommend. You Will not be disappointed. I mm-hmm. was down to see you what last Tuesday, mm-hmm. and uh, you were just scurrying around like a little uh, rabbit chasing after another little rabbit. I'm telling you, you were, no, you were busy. You is make what me I'm sound silly. No. <laughs> <laughs> a rabbit or, scurrying or some, after something else. Rabbit. But no, no, you were you were just really, really I busy. I have a really important job there. Well, I am I taken know. very seriously. I know I'm you not keep like telling me scurrying you rabbits. Keep telling me, I'm the horticultural you. director of the show. <laughs> Which you mentioned Tuesday, which is yeah. an interesting point. Tuesday was my day of dread. And that's maybe why you felt I had scurry on the mind. Yes. Tuesday was halfway Thought through. you were dropping me like a hot potato. Not really. <laughs> um, it was For the first time ever, yeah. Canada Blooms is a 10-day show. Right, Tuesday yeah. was day five, so halfway through the 10 days. Yeah. Now, this is a flower and garden show. This is all about fresh, high-quality, elegant stimulating, you know, all, you know, just whatever, idea-giving displays, gardens, etc. I mean, mm. acres of gardens, but fresh being the operative word. Well, by day five, things weren't quite as fresh, you know, as they had been on day one. So one of the things I w- did with a whole bunch of help, and that's right off the bat, I have to say thank you, thank you again to all the help that showed up. But Tuesday night, the show closed at 9 o'clock, as yeah, it normally yeah. does. And uh, meanwhile, I'd had several trucks make deliveries of fresh plant material. And I was expecting about 12 volunteers to yeah. show up. And I ended up with about 20 volunteers. No kidding. Hey, that's so, great. you know, big thank you again to Leanne, who brought, I think, the entire curling club with her that <laughs> night after curling. And really, and members of the Milton Hort Society. And then, you know, my, my go-to standbys, Heather and Lori and, oh, just Lorraine and just... Sarah. And, oh, just Sherry. Uh, the, yeah. the list goes on. And all these people showed up. We were there till 2 in the morning. Replacing and replenishing every flower wow. in the place. Huge job. So Huge. it looks great. Yeah. Looks really good. Okay. Kept it. Uh, kept it going there. So, and it's on again tomorrow. Today and tomorrow. That's so, right. Today yeah. till nine. Tomorrow till five. And it's right. all over at five all o'clock right. till next energy year. Center uh, in center. Pardon it, me. Exhibition place. Right. And I will mention for those of you that are really seriously thinking about coming down. 
at 1 o'clock, the Toronto FC is having their home opener at the BMO Field, which is directly across from the Direct Energy Centre. Well, parking, can you go wrong or what? Well, parking may be at a premium, so come early. <laughs> get your parking come spot. Come early, come often. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, no, that's my little mom. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. do come early, get your parking before all those, you know, soccer fans. Let yeah. them walk the yeah. kilometre to the... And you were in the station uh, this past week, too. Yes. And you met our very own John Van Driel, who's our What a handsome director. man he Isn't he? is. And Oof. those... Those are the words I gave her to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but no, John is a heck of a nice guy. But he, he, he said, is oh, a heck of a nice yeah. guy. And Charlie, he said, make sure you mention. Mention, yeah. and of course you're mentioning this as well, Frank. Uh, there is um, a process going on. Uh, AM740 is bidding, I guess, is, mm-hmm. is that the right word? Yeah, pretty well. For, um, to, with, the, with the CRTC to get the rights to broadcast on 88.1 FM. So what it would be is be like basically simulcast, I guess, yeah. or mm-hmm. you know, be the exact same you programming. You know all the terminology, but that's exactly right. You, we're not losing AM seven forty. Right. We're going to enhance it by it being on an FM band as well as and, an AM band. Yeah, and, and why do we want that? Well, because in certain areas of town, not just the downtown area, well, as you, you were quick to point uh, out, exactly uh, when I was talking to you with, uh, prior to going on air, that uh, there are a lot of spots in and around the GTA where, because of hydro lines or whatever, you you encounter this problem. Well, I don't live that great. far from the 407. Yeah, and there are some massive electrical hydro grid towers that run through that yeah. part of uh, the GTA along, along, I guess, the escarpment, really. The, the 407 yep. and Highway 7 is, is certainly an area where there's a lot of these monster electrical things. And I'll tell you, it's a there's no AM signal anywhere, on my car anyway. Yeah. I, it goes straight to buzz when I'm near those towers and there's an AM station on. So I love FM when it comes to my well, car. And I'm, I'm writing the letter. So that's really our point. So Everybody we, needs to really, write a letter. All, we have to do, all you have to do, folks, it's quite simple, really. You just go to uh, am740.ca and the very first thing you'll see, and they've got a new little uh, switcheroony on there, which is, I think, very clever. It's the first, the main page comes up and then up pops the... Oh, no. Help switch a room. Switch, yeah. Uh, uh, switch AM740 or bring AM740 to FM. Mm-hmm. So you can't miss it. You just click it on and okay. then you follow Say, there. Okay. Yep. Okay. And uh, then you'll write your little letter to the CRTC and thereby. Mm-hmm. Greatly helping us because hey, we've only got one shot at this, mm-hmm. and we're going to make a good impression and on the CRTC. <clears throat> Monday, April second is the deadline. Yeah. eight p.m. So you know, again, right early, right yeah. often. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just the way I vote. Anyway, uh, <laughs> got to do that, folks. Okay, we're really all kidding aside. It yeah. really would help us tremendously. Now here we are at uh, nine eleven already, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, normally you have scads of info that you're going to be passing along, but with Canada Blooms, you haven't had time to look at your emails. You um, know, and my inbox is stuff. pretty much overflowing yeah. with emails at this so point. So we'll deal with that next week. Thank you. All righty. Very good. I do love it when you take control of the show, Well, Frank. yes, and I've got to because you just go over time, which you've done already. Uh, the phone numbers are... <laughs> <laughs> for the Toronto, you just see your face. Uh, Toronto area four four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and then anywhere in the province, it's toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Are you the looks I'm getting? Thank here. you so much. Oh, you're quite welcome, boss. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. Uh, and the mantra is: call early, call often. One question. Her call. <laughs> and I got I got to take a break here to regain my senses here. Mm. Uh, I'll be back after these words.
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. I say, <laughs> I, I feel like going into my Terry Thomas routine. I said, yeah, yeah, oh, it's splendid of you to show up. Mm. Thank you, lovey. Yeah, thank you, darling. All right, let's get to our callers here who have been so patient through all this silliness. Uh, Marie in Kitchener, hanging on the line there. Good morning, Marie. Good morning, and uh, I am wondering about my anthurium that I've had for a year and a half. It looks so big and gangly. (laughs) Should I be putting it into a bigger pot? It's, it's quite large. I've got about 30 large leaves and then tons of smaller ones. Oh, nice. Well, uh, you know what's the, the real kind of trick with anthurium, and you're obviously caring for it perfectly? They do need to be repotted about every two years, okay. and they should be repotted in the spring. So absolutely, yes. If you feel that it's kind of overwhelming with roots starting to poke up above the right. soil surface and even through the little drainage holes at the bottom, right. definitely. Uh, okay. Do you know, I've never heard of an anthurium. Honest to Pete. You've got a picture of it? Have yes, you show me? There's a photograph in there. Oh, a, yeah. A graphic. Wow, that's, they're big leaves. And they're really yeah. shiny flowers. Uh-huh. They're very unusual. Um, very. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you, it's, like I say, it sounds like you've got the cultural care down, down pat. It's just a question of when to repot and spring is always the best time okay. and now would be a, a, a good time if you've had it for about a year and a half. I have. Okay, that, and it's just sheer luck that it hasn't died on me. <laughs> oh, really? No, I don't know yes. about that. You're obviously, they love to be watered and that's important. They love yes. humidity. Mm-hmm. And remember when you're repotting, don't do any kind of a dramatic increase in pot okay. size. Okay. So if it's a six inch pot now, then go to an eight inch. Don't, don't jump to a ten. Oh. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank thanks you. so okay, much. Bye. Nice to talk to you, Marie, and thank you for joining the show. Here is, is the Garden Show from AM 740, Zoomer Radio. Let's zip along the lines here to uh, Marg in uh, Niagara Falls. Hey, good morning. Good morning, you guys. How are you doing? Great, thanks. Great. Thank you for a great, happy, cheerful gardening show. <laughs> we have fun, I'll tell you. Yes, you guys are goofy. <laughs> goofy, good word. Ah, I like that. I like that that yes. explains Franklin perfectly. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, my question is about moss. Mm-hmm. I have an awful lot of it in my garden, and I'd like to know how to get rid of it. Some of it is just, it's in the sun. I have a little bit in the shade. Um, it must be damp, though. It must be a low spot. Um, I don't know. We have sandy loam, and um, the one moss that seems to grow, it just sort of oozes out of the ground. It is so disgusting. Oh, yeah, Yikes. it does sound disgusting. Yeah, yeah. and we have some uh, that it grows on the north side of a, a small rock we have there, which is it's a long and hairy. It's quite nice. Uh, yeah. And there's another moss growing there that's uh, like a bright green, kind of a, <clears throat> excuse me, a star shape. Oh, but the other stuff, it's ugly. Well, the oozy stuff out of the soil almost makes me think fungal. Um, is it possible that there was a tree or something that is rotting down below there? The roots and stuff or stump is below ground level. And that's um, what you're seeing is, is fungal growth more than moss growth? 
I don't know. It looks like moss. Um, we, they, I mean, we've been in our house for over 40 years, and there was a couple of fruit trees out in that area, but they've been gone for over 40 years. Yeah, above ground, they've been gone. But sometimes, I mean, it takes a long time for some of that to um, to decompose, basically. And it's the fungus and the microorganisms that actually break down at all the wood and the, the roots, et cetera, that's above, below ground. But bottom line, when you have moss, <clears throat> I know it's, it can be tricky. Certain conditions lead to moss growth. One is damp conditions. One is um, a, an acidic soil or what we call a sour soil. And the other is typically shade. And when you've got all those conditions together, invariably you have moss. Now, there are some moss control products out there. I know Scott's makes one, for example, but it is a non-selective spray. So if you were to spray your moss with this product and there was other plants in the area that got hit by the spray, they would also suffer. So it's one of those things that, you you know, if it's growing in a garden where you've got some lovely perennials and things that you just, you know, want to cherish and hold on to, You've got to be careful with any of these products that are, you know, moss control products. What I would suggest you do, number one, is do a soil sample. So Mm -hmm. you can do a simple at-home soil test with just to find out the pH of your soil. Pick up a soil test kit at any good garden center. Uh, Certainly I've seen quite a few of them for sale at Canada Blooms. Uh, at some of the little the vendors there. And this is pretty much like a litmus paper test just to see the pH of your soil. You want it to be as close to neutral as possible. So seven is neutral. Okay. If it's anything dramatically below seven, then we're talking quite acidic. And you, the recommendation will be to add horticultural lime to now, your is, soil. Um, does moss like acid? It, gr- it thrives typically in an acidic environment. Oh, Okay. And so that's where the lime comes in to raise the pH. But I don't want to jump to that conclusion without an actual soil test or at least a pH test. Now, could could your... um we, we put compost and leaf mold in our garden. Mm-hmm. Could the compost have any effect on that if it's too high in something? Typically, our, our homemade compost tends to be on the very slight acidic side just because of the things we put in to make our compost. If you have a lot of oak leaves on the property, for sure that lowers the pH of the compost. But that, so, like your compost's pH is very much a product of what goes into the compost. Mm-hmm. If you drink a lot of coffee and there's a lot of coffee grounds in your, in your, in your homemade compost, that's going to be, you know, again, lower the pH. Yeah, so it's okay. just really a question of what's gone in there. But again, very simple to test. Okay. Okay. And that's, that's all I can do for it is uh, just put the... Um... Do a pH test, add horticultural lime as required. Recognize that if it's a damp area, you can modify the grade. Certainly digging out the moss, you know, freshening up before you're doing any lime addition and fresh soil addition can also sometimes make a difference. I uh, have tried scraping it, yeah. you know, like taking a flat shovel and yeah. um, just leveling it and throwing it out. Yeah. But it comes back. You might have to go deeper than that. Now, maybe I'm overthinking it here, Mark, but uh, are you anywhere near the falls? Oh, yes. Oh, see, it could be the mist from the falls. Yeah, we've, all, we've often yeah. wondered that. Yeah, well, yeah, there you are. Yeah. 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 So even if it is, like you say, it's a sandy loam, but it's a mm-hmm. real high humidity. So right. these, are the, <clears throat> these are the kind of conditions that moss loves. So uh-huh. sometimes that's a trick. Sunshine, get as much sun in there as you can. If it means trimming a tree or opening up the canopy of whatever's causing some shade in that area might help. Well, that's the problem. It is growing in the sun. Yeah, it ah, is, eh? Mm, that isn't, that's tricky. Huh. I don't know. It just seems to love it here. 
Well, you might have to love your moss back. <laughs> Sometimes you, you can't. The one that's oozing out of the ground just looks so slimy yeah. and ugly. Yikes, yeah. yeah, well, do that soil test. And, and give us okay. a call. Let us know how that turns out. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks Thank so you, much. Mark. And apologies Bye-bye. to all those who are just digging into their breakfast right now. That's oozing out <laughs> oozing. of the ground. Threw me right off my eggs there. Okay, uh, it's 922. <laughs> We've got to take a little break here uh, uh, on the uh, Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. And as uh, she reaches for a little paper with some information on it, quite possibly. It is Franklin in this side of the studio exercising. Uh, yes, there are there. It's that spandex. It throws me off well, every time. I, I'm <laughs> sorry, but I've got to wear the spandex outfit to do the exercise. I can tell. That and the sandals <laughs> looks really good. <laughs> I've got sandals. I didn't believe the weather guy. Oh, my toes are blue. <laughs> the blue spandex, which is <laughs> boggling my mind. However, the reason we're joking about, about doing exercises is that Frank and I both take a product called Sierrasil, which is a mineral supplement which helps us be to maintain being active and, and the freedom to be active and reduced aches and stiffness, et cetera, et cetera. And we find that Sierrasil works for us. We suggest that it might work for you. It is available in many locations from the web to the phone, to several different health food stores. More and more across Ontario are starting to carry it. So, for example, Port Credit Village Pharmacy, Lakeshore Road East uh, in Port Credit uh, carries Sierrasil now. Um, Ambrosia Natural Foods in Newmarket and in Thornhill carries Sierrasil. So, like I say, Frank and I both find it works. I mean... We, it's scary when he starts doing his exercises. I tell you, he throws me off. But he, he's really clearly got lots of liverness. Sierrasil.ca or one eight seven seven joint fourteen. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor, the sous chef, uh, thanking you for sharing part of your Saturday with Charlie and I. Let's see, we've got Sharon uh, online from West Lorne. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Sharon. Um, um, what I'm calling about is, since the weather was warm and we've got, we went from fall to summer. Mm-hmm. Um, You're right, exactly. I, pardon? You're absolutely correct. Yeah. You know, the winter that wasn't and now mm-hmm. the spring that wasn't. That's yep. right. Um, I was wondering about my uh, roses, cutting them back. Mm-hmm. They're starting to um, Bud. come out in, in shoots and whatever. Now, mm-hmm. I did cut them back a bit in the fall so that they wouldn't whip around. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still about maybe two, two and a half feet high, and there's shoots all along the, the uh, stems of them. The canes, um, yeah. So is it too early now to cut them back? That's a great question, actually. And honestly, technically, yes, it's too early. Yeah. But the, the roses are telling you it's time to cut them back. Yeah. You have to, not you have to, but it's so much easier to trim your roses prior to them being in full leaf. Yeah. Once they're in full leaf, it's very hard to see what's going on in there, and it's painful as well. Uh, However, now, when there's just buds that are swelling and in some cases actually breaking open, and, uh, you know, little shoots are starting to elongate as you're you're experiencing at your house, I am as well. Uh, Yeah, you got to cut them back. You've really got no option here. But what kind of roses are you growing? Are they shrub or... They're tea roses. Tea roses. Yeah. So did you hill them over the winter? 
I I healed them a bit, and I put some leaves and some um, um, dead marigold, um, yeah, you know things that are foliage. Around them yeah, exactly. They, Debris they come back every year like that. I don't heal them too much. Okay, so what I would do, and personally, I would be doing this in my garden today if I wasn't down at Canada Blooms. I would pull the hill away from the roses. Yes. Don't go too far with that hill. You might want to keep it close by just in case you want to rehill those roses if we suddenly get some 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 super cold. You know, zero, minus one, minus two, not a big deal. But if it suddenly drops to ten below, yes. you're gonna want to quickly rehill those roses. Yes. I don't see that in the forecast. I do see zero, but I don't see, you know, ten below coming. No. So no. nevertheless, keep the hill close by, but but do unhill the roses. Okay. Yes, cut them back. And don't be afraid to cut them back far. As far um, as you want to go, and remember, we cut to uh, an outward-facing bud so that yes. our first growth will not be to the inside of the plant, but to the outside of the plant. Outside, At yeah. the exact same time, you can fertilize, because we always want to fertilize our roses. They love to be fed okay. with a good quality rose food. Uh, and then, you know, walk away and watch what happens. I think that it's a very yeah, it's a very funny spring we're having here, but it does not look like we've got an extreme cold coming, so I would definitely jump onto the roses if they're telling you that they need to be cut back it's time yeah um how far back like i i personally go as you point out to the in the fall i cut them down just to keep them safe yeah and in the spring i cut them right down so they're about two inches tall three inches tall i cut mine way back oh these these are quite old so i can't cut them back like they've got quite a bit of old Right, but that's partly what I do is I remove the old, I use loppers, I use a saw if necessary. I get yeah. the old out and the really, really young, skinny stuff comes out and we keep the canes that are pencil width and at the most keep five okay. at the base you know, that are preferably growing to the outside. So an open habit of growth is what you want. Okay, fine. Thank you very okay. much. <laughs> great, Have Sharon. Thanks yeah. for your call. That was great. It's, uh, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, good question. Very timely indeed. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of timing, uh, boy, yes. you couldn't have picked it better at the Canada Bloom Show uh, to come off as a smarty pants. Oh, when, when, <laughs> come when off you had as a smarty the, pants. Well, you were in a trivia contest there, Well, you're just and, referring to the Maltese Mafia that's after uh, me now? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> uh, you better explain this all because... The boys are coming to get me. You know? Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. I need a bodyguard. I think the well. Remember, I told you about this trivia, and we had Tina on the yeah. show. Tina Van Andel told us about the Master Gardeners' first time ever celebrity Master Gardener Reach for the Treetops trivia contest. Yeah, right. So I was part of that. Is it up in the big stage and everything? No, you, you we know? were in a small um, stage that's off the beaten track. Okay. But we still had a goodly number of people in the audience. It was well promoted. Tina's a very good promoter. So it was myself. Dennis Flanagan, Paul Zamet. Well, you, you all know who Dennis yeah. is, right? Works for Landscape yeah. Ontario, has been here on the show. Paul Zamet has been here on the show, and he's also the horticultural director of Toronto Botanical Gardens. And the fourth contestant was Ed Lawrence, and he's an uh, Ottawa-based, very clever guy who hosts a garden show on a different station okay. out of Ottawa. Mm. So the four of us were there, and um, it was, you know, like sort of you know neck and neck, very close. Dennis was being an absolute wacko because he takes nothing seriously. <laughs> Paul unfortunately was sitting beside Dennis, so he was very distracted by Dennis. And uh, <laughs> I, of course, get real competitive sometimes. Oh, sometimes, S- yeah, but only sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> at the end of the end of the <laughs> the contest, I actually whooped their butts. Yeah. 
All you, three of them. You see the smile on the face here. I whoop their butts. Yeah. And so I got to make a donation of $100 to the horticultural charity of my choice, which to, was the Toronto Botanical Gardens. So, of course, the, Paul's other excuse for not winning was he knew that my if I won, it was going to his place of employment anyway. So he oh, was he, happy yes, to have me. Sure, Paul. And um, <laughs> so it was, it was very fun. But right after that, I was up on the main stage. Well, hand me a microphone, and I went to town showing off my winner's certificate, naming the losers, uh, very loud. And um, Paul's entire family was in the audience. Paul Zammett's family was in the audience. Well, his mom and sister were quite outraged that I was calling him bad names on stage. So uh, that's why I was joking about the Maltese Mafia, that he kept saying, no, it's okay. Charlie's really an okay person. She's not as much of a jerk as she <laughs> yeah, sounds. Have the whole family right? down on you, yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, Boy. But, um, yeah, it was fun. I did have fun. I loved it. And me. well, congratulations. Thank you very much. You have upheld the honor of the station. Well, uh, well thank you. And more importantly, yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hmm. 9.33 as the uh, ever-lovely Charlie Dobbin continues Answering the questions, and this time uh, proffered up by Joan calling in from Brantford. Moths, you say? Mm. Moths. Good heavens. What's going on, Joan? Yes, good morning uh, to you and uh, to Frank. Um, We're noticing little moths that are flying around, and they seem to show up in cycles. And uh, in our sunroom, we have um, a hibiscus, that's an indoor hibiscus, lavender, orchids, and the Easter cactus. But the, um, the cactuses we've taken outside, mm-hmm. and they still seem to be flying around. Would any of these plants be the problem? Well, it's a good question. Now, the moth, what color are these moths? They're uh, silver. Okay, so when their wings are open, they, they're silver, and, and uh, when they land, their little wings are closed against their backs. Correct. Uh, okay, roughly the size? I'm sorry? What size are they, roughly? Oh, they're, they're tiny, about a quarter, quarter of an, of an inch. inch. Okay. <clears throat> and they seem to come in cycles. Then all of a sudden, you know, you notice it upon the wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, you're, are you absolutely convinced that these are plant-based moths, or could they be possibly uh, based in something else, like a food product in your home? No, they seem to be in around like the plants, in where the plants are in the sunroom. Is there anything, any food stored in the sunroom at all, or any grain products at all? No, nothing. Just the plants are there um, in, in the windows. Hmm. What I would do is I'd go to each plant individually. With the palm of my hand, I would slap the side of the pot. Uh, if some little insects kind of raise, you know, cloud goes up into the air after you slap the side of the pot, that will take you back to where these, this insect is likely coming from. Right. We did uh, check the leaves on the plants, uh-huh. and they're, they're not in the ground, no. like in the soil. So right. we're just wondering, you know, like, where are these coming from? Well, I see, this is where it gets tricky to try and uh, diagnose over the over the radio or over the phone. Right. Um, you, you could capture one of these little moths and take it into your local to a local garden center where there's smart staff and see if somebody there can help identify the insect. Oh, right. Um, I can tell you from my own experience. Now, in in my case, I actually had a moth infestation. It's very similar size and color of moth as what you're referring to had nothing to do with plants. It had all to do with grain products in my house where 
uh, you know, similar to moths in your wool, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in the closet, where oh, yes. the, the little larvae eat the, the wool and then, of course, become adults and fly around and look for a place to lay eggs. I had that exact thing happening, but it was a, it was a grain-based uh, insect that was doing its flying around and laying of eggs and then uh, obviously looking for more grain to eat to then grow up and lay more eggs. Right. And I had to go through and throw everything out of every cupboard and scrub every you know cupboard and vacuum every little crack and cranny in all my storage areas. It had nothing to do with plants at all. So that's why moths in the home don't assume it's a plant-based thing, but it might be. It's just a bit hard to say mm-hmm. over the radio without seeing the insect. Right, because they seem to be like in the room where all the plants are. That's mm-hmm. where we've been finding them. Right. That's why I wondered if any of these uh, plants, if uh, they would be attracting them. Well, that's it. They might... See, the the flying part of the insect is the adult's form. It's actually... It could be... Fly, it just loves that sunroom because it's the warmest spot or the brightest spot. There's something that could be attractive or it could be that they want to lay their eggs in moist soil uh, and the plants are attracting them for that reason. Right. But where it, the larvae are is the real question and that's what I can't diagnose over the radio so that's mm-hmm. where okay um, so yeah. next time when we catch one I'll um, you know take it in but yeah exactly yeah, try and catch much for your help try and catch it without squishing it like try and catch it in a jar right and, okay and when you're through with that little butterfly net catching the uh, <laughs> little guys come down to the station and snare Charlie because I, I think she needs to be looked at okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you very much and All you right. guys have a good day thank, thank you, you. 937 here on the garden show with Charlie Dobbin who is giving me the cold fish eye mm. Uh, George, save me in Stouffville. How are you this morning, George? Uh, good morning, Frank. Hi. Morning, George. Good morning, Charlie. What's... Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead, Charlie. Um, I, I have uh, uh, five years ago. Mm-hmm. I planted fifteen emerald cedars, mm-hmm. and um, I phoned you last. Uh, fall, mm-hmm. and two of them had died, mm-hmm. and two of them were sort of uh, dying on, one, on the, south, on the uh, south side of the uh, building, mm-hmm. of the fence. Now, um, uh, maybe just give you a little description of my property. Mm-hmm. Uh, my property, the back, the east side of the property is a hill, mm-hmm. so as a result, uh, the backyard is pretty wet uh, all spring, okay. uh, particularly if there's a lot of snow. Right. It's melted. It's not. Like, yeah. It's still wet this this year, but not as bad. Right. This is a very dry year. There's no mm-hmm. melt and no rain yet. So, <laughs> yeah, so you're a little damp there now, but not soggy like normal. Right. And you had suggested that I remove the two dead ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure there was lots of water and put some compost down there, mm-hmm. which I had intended to do in the spring. Mm. <laughs> now, and I mentioned that there were two uh, that were um, dying on the um, south side of the, from from the south, of the, on the back side of the, of the trees. Now there's eight of them. Mm. Um, I'm and getting they... concerned whether I'm going to lose all of them. Um, now, to uh, the south of this is a big willow tree, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to be removed within the next couple of weeks. Okay. I don't know whether that's a factor or not. Well, it can be. The, are the cedars at the high part of the hill or the low part of the hill? They're, no. They're, they run, well, it's not at the hill at all. 
Oh, sorry. Our, 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 our backyard is flat. Right, okay. But you mentioned it goes up into a hill at the oh, very back. Up to the hill? Okay. No, they, they run from um, the... Not up, not up to the hill, but from their back type of thing. So they're not at the immediately at the hill. No. Okay. No. The only reason, yeah. Okay. So this is a bit confusing now. <laughs> I know we're both scratching our heads. So we know cedars love moisture. We do, right? So if the cedars are placed in an area where water tends to drain, so in a low area, they right. often thrive as opposed to being in high parts in our gardens where it's driest. Uh huh. Now you've had. A good four years with these cedars, and now suddenly you're seeing a bunch of dieback. Yes, exactly. That's where I get suspicious. There are some insects that do cause problems for cedars. Unfortunately, there are no insecticides that you can use. We used to have some systemic insecticides we could spray our cedars with, uh, our ornamental garden plants with, when there was internal insects. There is a leaf miner that does love cedar. Uh-huh. So what I would suggest, well, there's a couple things you could do. One is um, recognize that taking a piece of that cedar into, again, good. there's some good garden centers in your area, uh, in the Stovall area. Take a piece of cedar into the staff there and ask them to look. The dead cedar? Yep. Take a piece of dead and dead take cedar. a piece where the dead and the live come together. So you've got some green and some, some brown or bronze or yellow, whatever okay. the dead color is. Okay. Because there are some tunneling insects, leaf miners, that can do massive damage to cedars. Uh-huh. And I just think it might be easier for a staff at a good garden center to take a look at that and identify right. that for you one way or the other. Right. Otherwise, it's spring. It's a great time to trim if the plants are, are healthy, but they're suffering from desiccation or dehydration. And the browning is because of the dry... Like we had a sunny, sunny winter. Mm. Uh, we did not have snow cover to protect the plants. There was certainly some wind and evergreens really, really, really suffer when it's windy and sunny and there's no snow protecting them. Right. So there, that could be what's causing your problem. And it might mm. just be a case of trimming out all that dead stuff, thus allowing new green growth to burst forth. So, so I have to trim off all that I dead, don't know. That's why you're going to take a piece into a garden center and they're going to oh, diagnose whether it's an insect <laughs> or it's a dehydration problem. Okay. Now, one, one other question. Oh, well, no. If you don't mind. No, I'm Frank's so, not going to let you. No, George, we, we have I, other I, folks waiting okay. on the line. But and call you, again. You can call again. Uh, the garden was for fertilizing. Uh, well, no, call again on that one. Okay, I'm sorry. We just have to kind of protect the other folks who have There's been waiting, waiting. on line. Yeah, I appreciate, the, appreciate you understanding that. Thanks, it's nine, George. 943, and uh, we will be back with more Garden Show questions for Charlie Dobbin here on AM740 Zoomer Radio. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, the sous chef, Frank Proctor, along with our producer, David Gaskin. We forgot to play yeah. Dave, uh, the first voice, your first contact with the show. A gentleman, a true gentleman. Uh, yes, unlike yourself. Me 10 bucks. Uh, I just <laughs> oh. want to mention something for those of you that might be interested. The last caller, George, had... A really some good questions about cedars and hills and east mm-hmm. sides and south sides. And these these are really good questions, but sometimes they're really hard to figure out on the radio. Now, 
I am not in Stouffville, but I am in the GTA in the north end of Toronto. One of the things I do is I consult for residential people with questions and problems, horticultural or design, landscape design mm-hmm. based. So to George and to others who might have questions like that, where it's, it's a, kind of a hard thing to get a visual on, you have a couple options. I'm happy to help you, but you'll need to draw and email or mail me the question with some compass directions and, and what's going on. Or alternatively, uh, hey, email you. me hey, you to come out and, and pay yeah. me to come out and consult on your property. Exactly. Because, that, yeah, like, George, I understand your frustration that we, we weren't able to really get the uh, proper answer to you. But it's some questions just don't bode, you know, are just not easy to answer on the radio. Yeah. And they're very, very, very specific sometimes. And I so much prefer the kind of more general questions that everybody can learn from. And, and if Charlie does come up to your place, you know, a paper... Include a bottle of wine. That'll really <laughs> salt the deal. Honest and, to Pete. And an apple pie for and Frank. And an apple pie for me. Yes. Okay. okay. I'll go along for the ride. <laughs> 9.46. And by gosh, Francesca oh, from Toronto is to on you. the line. Oh, I love Fran- the name. Francesca. Good morning, Francesca. Oh, good morning. Hello. Hello, Francesca. She's not there? Oh, no. We loved her, did her I, name. Did I blow her away with, with yeah. the Francesca. Francesca? Oh, son of a gun. Okay, we'll, we'll go to uh, Virginia in Caledon. Virginia, hello. <laughs> Hi, good morning, Frank, and good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Virginia. Um, the reason today I'm calling, I'd love, first of all, I'd like to tell you I'd love to listen to, the, to your show. Thank you. Wonderful, and I get a lot of good ideas. Excellent. Um, the thing uh, I'm concerned, we have a cherry tree, mm-hmm. and because of this spring it's been warm and um, and they're almost starting to bloom. Uh-huh. The blooms are ready to just uh, burst out. Yep. How do we protect them so we can get some cherries this summer? Oh, well, so what are you worried about protecting them from? Frost, do you mean? Or? Yeah, the flower, the, the little blooms from the cherry tree. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, <clears throat> these are, it's a sweet cherry, is it a big old tree? Yeah, they're the... It, the tree is not that big, but they're the sweet, uh, nice, and the, the bingo ones, the yep. hard and Bing, yep. sweet. Yep. All right. So <clears throat> you can protect that tree not from temperature so much, but from roving problems, roving insects and diseases, yeah. or anything that's overwintered on the tree in the way of a fungal spore or an insect egg. You yeah. can protect that tree, and you should protect that tree by using dormant spray. We did. Okay, good. Because it is still dormant now, but it won't be much longer. So that's good. So you've you've done a good thorough spraying with the dormant spray, which is the oil and the lime sulfur. Now you wait. The flowers will burst forth. You need the bees to do all the pollinating, and uh, clearly there must you you've had cherries off this tree in the past, obviously. Yes, we did. So there's other cherries in the neighborhood. There yes. must be because cherries do not pollinate themselves; they need to be pollinated. Actually, this one it says it's self-pollinated, but we do have cherry trees around the neighbors. Okay, yeah, if it's a Bing cherry, it won't self-pollinate. Oh. But perhaps it's a. Um, do you bake with these cherries or do you eat them fresh? Oh, no, we just eat them. Oh, yummy. So, well, that's great. No, none of the sweet cherries are self-pollinating. They all need uh, pollen from another oh, cherry. Okay. But that's fine. I mean, you've got cherries in the neighborhood. The insects look after traveling from flower to flower and doing the pollinating, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. The, 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 I wouldn't be overly concerned about protection at this point. You're going to monitor the weather. Uh, if we have the kind of spring we had last year, which was cold and rainy, then fungal diseases did become a problem. But it doesn't look like we're going to have that kind of spring. It, if anything, I'm worried we're going to have a dry, 
hot spring based on the the first couple of days of spring anyway where it has been so warm um i don't think you're going to lose the flowers because of frost because it's just not going to get that cold in the in the next 14 day forecast anyway so i i wouldn't be worried like the protection you've done the protecting you can do you've done um after that sometimes people will put nets over their cherry trees once the pollination has happened to protect the cherries from the birds so that's oh, the yeah. one don't worry thing about that. yeah Just worrying about uh, frost the big frost and it'll kill all the little oh. buds if if we get a big frost and if you see a frost coming you can do what they do in florida and that is turn on a sprinkler and keep a sprinkler running all night on your cherry tree hmm. uh, and that what happens is you put the water of course coats the the plant then ice forms if it gets cold enough but there's a very fine layer of water between the ice and the plant and it's that very fine layer of water that keeps everything from freezing so that is what we do if it's going to get really cold and we're worried about a crop crank on the sprinklers or you can hire helicopters too helicopters (laughs) hover above and they keep the air moving Thank you. You're welcome. Well, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Okay, we're gonna. Frank's got lots of hot air. Well, oh. You could <laughs> you could hire Frank. Yeah. Well, no. All right. <laughs> I want Let's move Charlie on. Dobbin. Charlie Dobbin. I want you to turn away from me. Look toward the wall. Do not do not look. I'm unbuttoning my shirt. I see. Yes. Yes. Oh, no. Okay. Now you can look. Now you can look. There is a big S <gasps> on my latex does, uh, undergarment here. There's a, yes, as a matter of fact. And so time for the intro. Faster than a speeding moth, taller than a cedar hedge. Yes, it's Sierra Silman. Here I am, ready to do my exercises in my spandex outfit. And you can feel, and you too can feel just like yes. Frank in well, 14 Well, let's hope not days. too many people feel just like me. Oh, God. Well, you never know. Well, I don't know. You're in pretty good shape. And what the reason you are in such good shape is because you stay so active. Yes. Sierra Sil helps you to stay active. Anybody who has pain in their joints or achy, you know, knees, creaky hips, whatever, uh, and you want to be out in the garden, you want to be doing whatever it is, walking the dog up and down the stairs, all these things that we like to do and want to do to stay active, Sierra Silk can help. And the, the theory is, is that you can feel better in 14 days. If you don't feel better in 14 days, Sierra Silk will completely refund every penny that you've spent on both the product and delivery if you've had it delivered. You can buy it locally, though. Uh, you don't need to have it delivered from Vancouver. Uh, locally, it is available at the Health Planet stores, of which there are five locations one in North York, one in Pickering, one in Markham, Mississauga, and Scarborough. The other option is give them a call 1 877 Joint 14. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And here we are on a Saturday morning that's a little different than I thought it was going to be. I did honestly wear I see those sandals. naked toes. <laughs> My little naked toes sticking out here. They're uh-huh. almost blue. Uh, but we will get warmer weather back, that's for sure. Now, let's get back to the lines here because Jackie from Uxbridge is on the line, and orchids is the subject matter, I do believe. Hello, Jackie. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. I'm glad to get through. And I have a question about an orchid that I've had for three months. Mm-hmm. And it's 
it's uh, the big leaves are drooping right down. Oh my! And how often are you watering that plant? I'm trying to water it just once a week with a quarter cup of tepid water. I was told. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. And but how big is the pot? Is it a little tiny one or is it like a six inch? Um, five inches. Five inches. Yeah, those leaves shouldn't be drooping. Um, the funny thing when plants leaves droop or suddenly you know start getting that yellow tinge, it's it can be overwatering and it can be underwatering. Mm-hmm. So it's always hard to know until you stick your finger right in there and feel the bark or feel the the medium that the, the plant is growing in, or even the weight of the pot sometimes can help. How? What does it feel like if you stick your finger right in the pot? You can't. You can't get your finger in through the, the through the bark. Right. How but, do you test? Well, it? that's right. So you have to almost feel the bark. Like, does the bark feel moist or does the plant no, feel heavy? It's very dry right now, but I haven't given it the Saturday watering yet. Okay. Yeah, it feels yeah. very dry. You know what? I'd be inclined to do. I'd be. It's probably in a plastic pot. It's probably yes. in the pot you bought it in. Yes. I would be inclined to go and get a clay pot. Well, clay pot. Uh, or maybe you have one on in your storage there. Just yeah. Because it's it's a lot harder to overwater with clay pots. Mm-hmm. And also, by taking it out of that plastic pot and laying this whole plant on its side and slipping it out of that plastic container it's in now, you're going to get a good look at what's going on there. Okay. You're going to be able to smell the roots. Uh, you are going to need more bark when you put it back into a clay pot. Make sure you pick up, if you don't have any at home, some actual orchid bark. And it's a mixture of fir and pine bark because orchids don't grow in the soil. The roots basically just hold on and use the bark as a substrate to hold on to. And they get most of their moisture right from the atmosphere. And that's where misting comes in as well. Misting is a wonderful way to keep orchids misting's happy. Misting's good? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and how often would I do that? Oh, as many times as you want, 10 times a day. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Misting is a wonderful way. And that way, and I wouldn't water by the calendar. I'm not a big fan of watering by the calendar. I oh. like to water. Sometimes people say, you know, the ultimate way to water an orchid is three ice cubes a week. Well, that's about your quarter cup of tepid water. Yeah. The nice thing about the ice cubes, though, is that as the ice cubes melt, they release the water very slowly. And that's exactly what orchids want. They want a slow watering as opposed to a, a water being sounds dumped. sounds like a pretty easy process, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. You wouldn't put yeah. ice cubes right on the soil. You do. That's exactly yeah. what you do. You put it right on, not on the leaves, but on the soil. So that's where that really? clay pot can come in handy, too, because oh. you might have a little more room to work with. So it can be a bit bigger. That's right. Yeah, and exactly. I have 11 blossoms on this. Oh, just beautiful. beautiful. Oh, nice. Well, that's the thing. So when it's in flower, sometimes it can be a bit shocking to do all this transplanting I was talking about. But, uh, oh, yeah. But just be, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a hard thing to know. Is it too much water, not enough water? I would be inclined to think it's too much water, but it would depend. What temperature is your house normally kept at? No, 70. 70, so it's not like a really hot house. And you got it in a bright spot, but not full sun. Mm -hmm. Mist, mist, mist. And try the three ice cube idea. Okay. Okay. I will. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for joining the show, Jackie. A pleasure to have you uh, on the air from Uxbridge. And uh, might be our final caller here because Pat in Grafton is anxious. I I feel like seeing... uh, it's apple, oh, is it cherry pink and apple blossom white? La, 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 hello, Pat. How are you? <laughs> Pat has phoned us in the past. Hello, Pat. Good morning. Very quick question. Good. Yesterday, we transplanted two fairly large cherry trees, mm. and in the moving process, some of the larger branches got scraped really deep. Mm. My question, do I spray them with the black stuff, or do I leave them alone? Uh, leave them alone. Do not spray. 
That's what I thought I heard you say once before. Yeah, yeah. The spray is completely not not cool at all. A plant doesn't need it. If the plant is healthy, it will seal and it'll seal its wounds. It'll scab over just like we would. Okay. But get that transplanter fertilizer out. Yes. Well, we. Yeah. Okay, and use that. I, I imagine you used some yesterday when you transplanted the cherry we put trees. Lots of bone meal. Okay, lots of bone meal. All right, good. Uh, in about two weeks, even three weeks, consider a, a dose of transplanter fertilizer around the where the root ball is. Just get those roots growing and stake the trees if they're in a windy spot. Okay. Okay. Um, is it okay to spray the dormant oil on those exposed places? Yep. Oh, yep. Okay. Yep. It won't hurt at all. Okay. As soon as it stops. Trying to rain, then we're going to yeah. Spray. yeah. How, how no. big? I'm just kind of visualizing. You said rather large. How, how tall were these uh, cherry trees? Uh, well, they're probably about four or five years old. Yeah. So um, we actually brought them from Newmarket to Grafton by mm. trailer, and so. Oh wow! And you try moving. Uh, eight or nine foot cherry tree without <laughs> scraping a few bricks. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't do <laughs> Well, that and much. one of the tricks about cherry trees, too, is they do have a tap root, so they can be a bit of a trick to, to transplant. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm saying stay on that transplanter fertilizer and, you know, do everything, keep an eye on them, visit them daily, TLC them like crazy this first season. Yes, we will. Okay. Call a little later Thanks, on Pat. in the in the year here as we get closer to as well into the spring and summer. Let us know how they've uh, they've uh, weathered Fared. the transplant. Yeah, yeah. I will do that. We'll okay. come help you pick some cherries. If, okay. uh, oh yes, if all is I well. have cherry pies. Yes. <laughs> great. Thanks, Pat. Okay, thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank, thank you. you. Same to you, and the same to everybody. Hope you have a great weekend. Oh, and gosh, uh, Charlie, yeah. you're going to be tearing off out of the studio. Whipping back over to the Direct Energy Center. That's right. For back Canada Blooms. To Canada Blooms yeah. today, tomorrow, and then, of course, it's teardown time. Now, uh-huh. it takes a week to build the show, but a mere day and a half to unbuild. So that's what I'll be doing Monday and Tuesday. Got you. You'll and have then, your hard hat on. Of course, mm-hmm. my reflective vest and no sandals but steel toes. So, yeah, that's what I'll be doing. And then I'm back to my garden on Wednesday. To do some laundry. It's sadly lacking. And give it some attention. attention. Exactly. Yeah, you bet. And you, what have you? What are you up to? Well, um, I got my own show coming up at yeah. eleven o'clock, following uh, Dave's Corner Garage. The mm-hmm. guys are in, and mm-hmm. uh, Alan Galvin looking particularly handsome today. He's buffed his head, and it's really shiny. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's just going to be a fun day for all. I can tell. Yeah, Good. Well, and I'll be back at eleven o'clock. As I wonderful. Say. So have a great show later on. Thank thanks, you. Dave, for all your great support, and thanks for all your great callers. Absolutely. I'll see you next week. This has been an. Ex- Exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.